Hello and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 98.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or your future as our business. The information provided during this program does not reflect its career in its entirety. And today I have the pleasure to speak to Aaron Hubach, who is a interpreter and volunteer supervisor at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Patrick. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Grateful that you're a guest today. Erin, would you please briefly describe your career journey for us? Certainly. So my where I am now is not somewhere that I thought I would ever end up, to be completely honest with you. So I am an interpreter and volunteer supervisor at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and I started off my journey uh, at UC Santa Cruz. I was there uh, for marine biology and always thought that I wanted to work in a lab, preferably you know, kind of by myself at a microscope with just me and the the samples, whatever I had under my microscope. And then I kind of decided at some point that I I wanted to try out something new. And so I started volunteering at the Monterey Bay Aquarium and kind of fell into this, this really totally new world for me. It was all about talking with people, which was definitely not something that I had ever seen myself doing in the past. And eventually became staff at the aquarium. I started off as a one of those those people that you see selling tickets and talking with people when they come into the aquarium and then eventually started working with the volunteers in the the role that I had had started in as one of those volunteers that is interpreting the exhibits. And when I say interpretation, sometimes when I say I'm an interpreter, people ask what languages I speak. And my favorite response is that I speak fish. (laughs) Uh, But really what we're doing out there, what the volunteers, the staff are all doing as interpreters is sharing the stories of the animals, of the exhibits, of the place, and sharing their passion for the ocean, helping people to connect with those things, whatever it is that's right in front of them, and leaving them with a meaningful experience. And so that's kind of what I do here at the aquarium. Well, what a great job. And I think for a lot of us who grew up in this area, you know, we just have the aquarium makes a big impression on us when we're young. And it's probably because of people like you who make those first experiences with all these different new underwater sea creatures, just very fun and exciting. And, you know, and more than that, just very interesting. So I just think you have such a great job. I would absolutely have to agree with you. And it's certainly, you know, the volunteers that those experiences that you just mentioned and interacting with the the kids, especially, is why all of our volunteers do what they do out there and and connect with the the visitors. Yeah. And I would imagine that maybe over the past year and a half or so that your job has probably looked a little bit different, but maybe it's moving back to more whatever normal is now. 
Yeah, it certainly has looked a little different and we are starting to get back to normal. We've got people coming into the building and our volunteers are back on site and that's wonderful. The biggest challenge for us throughout the last 18 months was just making sure that we kept our volunteers connected and that they didn't drift away so that they would still have that connection point to the place that they love and would be ready to come back when we were ready to reopen the doors. Okay. And did I hear that they're allowing people in kind of, do you, do you schedule a time to, to come to the aquarium? Is that how it looks right now? Correct. Yeah, we do have time ticketing, but once you're inside, you can spend as much time as you want in there. So it's, uh, we don't limit the time that someone spends inside. We just need to know what time they're coming. Okay. And are the, are like the buses still coming, you know, like full of kids and, you know, the classes, are they still able to come? At the moment, uh, we don't have any on-site education classes or on-site visits or things like that. I know that that's something that we're looking forward to getting back to, though. Yeah, I bet. And I think, yeah, the, the aquarium's just really blessed, too, with the amount of volunteers that they have. And what kind of numbers of volunteers are currently, you know, helping you guys out? We've got right around... I want to say about 300 to 400 volunteers that that I work with and that my team works with that are here on site face to face with the visitors. We have volunteers in just about every single department, though, that you could possibly imagine some of them them are still connecting and uh, volunteering virtually rather than on site. Uh, we've got volunteers that are coming on site in our animal care department and helping to work with the animals and clean the exhibits and, and all of that. But uh, I don't happen to know the numbers on those, but probably about 300 volunteers that come on just to, to talk with the guests. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, that's, that's a lot of people, you know, who are just dedicated in keeping the aquarium just, you know, to be such a special place that it is. Absolutely. And that dedication just absolutely amazes me every single day. You'd think that after, you know, three years of, of working with the volunteers that I would kind of be used to it. And I hope that it's something that I never get used to. Right. And yeah, with the volunteers too, it's like, it's not a job for them. I mean, they're there because they want to be there. So you would hope that they would just be enthusiastic and, you know, just share, you know, to want to share that with others too. Right. They certainly are. And you can see that in everything that they do. It's absolutely incredible. And that has really become why I do what I do now is, is their passion and their dedication. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's, and it's probably just kind of contagious too, which is probably pretty awesome. It certainly is. Right. And as the aquarium, it seems like there's always some kind of new exhibit coming. Is the aquarium working on anything new right now? We are, yeah. We're actually getting ready for a deep sea exhibit that will be coming next spring. And that's something that I'm really excited about. I think that my volunteers probably are getting sick of hearing about deep sea things because I'm always telling them <laughs> new projects that Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute is working on and their new discoveries. And I just can't wait for this exhibit. That is really cool. And is that going to be like a pretty big exhibit and like where in the aquarium is that going to, is that going to live? Yeah, that'll be down in our special exhibit space. So if you've been here recently, I want to say within the last maybe five years, we have tentacles and our previous special exhibit was Viva Baja. So it'll be taking up a pretty considerable amount of the space that was previously at Viva Baja. Okay, cool. And I, one thing I remember the last time I was there, and I know they're not native to here, of course, but the, the leafy dragonfish, 
And I think one of the volunteers was, it was really cool. And we were talking, he was telling me about how, you know, they're from like, I believe the Great Barrier Reef, that there's only a certain amount of people who are able to like breed these, you know, those beautiful fish. And they just blow me away. I mean, they look so alien and very cool that you guys have stuff that's even not native to, to our Monterey Bay. Absolutely. And yeah, there aren't too many places in the world that have the facilities to care for those kinds of those seahorses. And, and we are so lucky to be able to have a team and facilities that can do that and can make some really incredible strides in animal care and husbandry. And one of my favorite things about what I get to do, since I don't work with the animals directly, but I get to take all of those cool discoveries and share them with the volunteers, teach them about what's going on behind the scenes so that they can share that with every guest that walks through the doors. That's very cool. And you know, you shared a little bit about what you do, but do you want to just kind of briefly tell us kind of what your typical day or week looks like? Sure. So a lot of my time goes into planning and creating content for the volunteers. We have a really unique program in that we spend a lot of time and effort in making sure that the volunteers know what's going on at the aquarium. They get at least an hour of enrichment time before they head out into the aquarium to talk with guests. And there aren't a lot of places that are able to do that. But from the very beginning of this program, we have made sure to keep education in really high on our priority list. And so again, a lot of my time goes into making sure that we keep that going, that we have something new and exciting to share with the volunteers, and that we keep them up to date with what's going on. And that includes interpretive techniques and how to talk with guests. And one of the kind of more recent things that we have done actually wasn't a terribly recent shift, but maybe about 10 or 15 years ago, we switched over to making sure that all of our volunteers have some climate communication techniques under their belt. And so that they can have those conversations about climate change and how that affects our oceans and how changes in our ocean affect all of us on land, no matter where we are. So that's been something that's been really important. And we try to work that in to a lot of our content. And then the uh, another part of my day, a huge part of my day is just meeting with and teaching the volunteers themselves. You know, we, again, that is a such an important part of what we do here in our volunteer program. And so being face-to-face with the volunteers and telling them about the things they need to know for the day, giving them these absolutely incredible enrichments that the team comes up with is just really huge and a really, a really important part of my job for me as well is is having that FaceTime with the volunteers. And then I also get to be out in the aquarium, interpreting to guests, talking with the volunteers, making sure that everything is going well for them while they are interpreting to guests as well. So supporting them out in the aquarium and getting to do what what I love to and interpreting the exhibits. Okay, cool. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I think that it's awesome that the aquarium, you know, that they put a lot of effort into making sure that the volunteers that are representing the aquarium have a decent amount of knowledge about, you know, maybe not just what's going on in the aquarium, but the things that affect what's going on in the aquarium too, like climate change, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And what kind of environments would you say that you work in? And when you're doing these trainings, is this like in a, 
you guys have like a, a seminar type room or are you doing stuff on Zoom for training or how does that look? In the past, we've always done our enrichments and trainings and things like that in we actually have a space that is almost completely dedicated for volunteers. And so we typically meet in that space and do all of our trainings there. But that changed a little bit you know, about 18 months ago when things closed down. And so we did switch completely over to Zoom throughout the closure and were able to continue on those enrichments and disseminating all of that material for the, the guides through different virtual options. Now we have a bit of a hybrid model. We do some of the teaching and updates and enrichments, things like that in person for the volunteers that are coming on site. We still have a few that aren't quite back yet and we wanna make sure that we keep them connected as well. So we still are doing some things via Zoom while others are, are in person. Okay, and what kind of skills do you use in your career in? How did you acquire these skills? I know you said in the beginning of your education, you thought you were going to be maybe doing more like research in the lab, but you're kind of doing, you know, something quite a bit different than that now. Yeah, it absolutely is different. So when I first started as a volunteer and was just starting to get into the world of interpretation, I was able to benefit from the awesome systems that we have in place for teaching the volunteers. We have some incredible interpreters on staff that have been in the field for many, many years and have put together some really cool courses and material to help our volunteers learn. And so that was kind of where I got started with the field interpretation. And then once I joined as staff and started working more with the volunteers, I was able to start going to conferences and taking classes and courses on, some of it was online, some of it was in person, getting certifications for interpretation. The network for interpreters around the world, and especially here in the United States, is absolutely incredible. And there are interpreters at all sorts of different places, even, you know, park rangers, national park rangers are technically interpreters. There, there are interpreters almost anywhere that you go. Each one of those places, what interpretation looks like at each one of those places looks a little bit different. But you know, we all kind of have the, the same goal at heart is to share the things that, that we love, that we're passionate about, and to create those meaningful connections. So there are some incredible resources through the National Association for Interpretation and a few other organizations that can really help someone who is interested in interpretation to build their skills, to maybe take that interest in a particular direction. Maybe you like talking about climate change and you want to have some of those meaningful meaningful connections and conversations about our climate. We've got, or the National Association for Interpretation that has some courses to help develop that. There is NOCI, N-O-C-C-I, the National Network for Ocean and Climate Change Interpretation that has some wonderful resources too. That can be a really great place to get started. A lot of their resources are free. And so there are so many different ways to start building skills in interpretation. And even if you don't necessarily go into interpretation, they are skills that can benefit almost everybody in a lot of different ways. Erin, do you want to share some of your favorite projects that you've worked on or are currently working on? Certainly, yeah. One of my favorite things is our new guide training course. And that, uh, you know, I'm not sure when we're going to have another one of those, but 
in the past, I have I've worked a lot with our new guides, and because that's something that is so special to me, that's kind of what got me started on on my career. It's something that I just absolutely love working on. I love seeing the new guides coming in, watching them learn, and seeing the ways that they connect with the aquarium and how they are able to continue their journey of interpretation is just one of my absolute favorite things. And I, I can't wait until we're able to, to get some new guides back into the aquarium. And then I, I did talk about uh, Into the Deep a little bit, our new and upcoming exhibit that's going to be all about the deep sea. And whenever I get to put together material for that, uh, which we're going to be doing a lot more as we get closer and closer to the opening of this new exhibit, that is, a, I just can't wait for, uh, for doing a little bit more of that. And I am so lucky that I get to put together new material for the guides and to, to teach some of these, these new things pretty much all the time. It was, it's never the same thing twice. And that's one of the things that I really love about, uh, about what I do. Yeah, that's pretty awesome not to have like, you know, a monotonous job, you know, to have it be fresh and new and changing and, you know, and you're learning all the time too. And then sharing that with others. That's sounds like a pretty awesome job. It is. Yeah. And for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to the What To Be Show on KSQD Santa Cruz, 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart, and I'm speaking with Aaron Hubach, who's an interpreter and volunteer supervisor at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. And Aaron, I was wondering, what kind of person do you think would enjoy the job that you do at the aquarium? I think that could be a lot of different kinds of people. There certainly is an aspect of wanting to talk with people and and having you know, being a good communicator but those are things that that can certainly be built and if you had known me back even in college you would be wondering what the heck i am doing up here talking to a whole bunch of people and and standing in front of classes and it certainly was not something that i think anybody would have really seen for me and so i i would say that this is something that anybody can do as long as you have a passion for sharing knowledge. Okay. And Aaron, why is your job important to you and or to society? Great question. It's important to me because I get to make so many connections with people on a day-to-day basis. We get to have conversations that have meaning and connect people with the ocean, with the things that are around them. And it helps people to understand where the world is now and and how we are connected to the world and how the world is connected to us. You know, there's no there's no getting around that. We're we're all here. And what I one of the things that I get to do is inspire people to take care of of our world. And I get to help our volunteers to do that too. And, and that I think really is the most important thing for me is, is helping those, our volunteers to, to have those connections as well. And it's important too for our community, for our society, that we all understand how we're connected to the world. That's beautiful. Thank you, Erin, for sharing that. And what kind of typical hours do you work? I work a typical, you know, 40-ish hour week, but being here at an aquarium that's open seven days a week, uh, you know, we, we work weekends, we sometimes will work 
work nights, work a little bit later, depending on if we have any sort of special events going on or trainings or things like that. So I have a pretty flexible schedule, which works pretty well for me. I like having uh, you know days off during the week and different hours sometimes. So and I know that that's not a typical work week that would work for some people, but I, I, I enjoy it. And did you find anything surprising to you when you started your job? Gosh, I don't know of anything surprising kind of immediately when I first started. Well, no, actually, I was surprised if we go back to when I first became a volunteer and kind of when things really got started for me. I was shocked at how much I enjoyed talking with people and uh, connecting with people because, like I mentioned earlier, that wasn't wasn't really a career path that I had seen for myself early on. And even now, when I tell someone how I got started, I kind of have to you know, mentally take a step back and, and think, wow, I really did do all that. And I ended up here where I am now. So that's still kind of something that, that shocks me and surprises me all the time. And then to the volunteers that I get to work with just surprise me all the time they'll come back from their shift in the aquarium with a story that will just bring tears to your eyes because it's so beautiful this connection that they made with maybe a a child in a wheelchair or someone who had never had their hands in the in seawater before and that's something that surprises me almost every single day yeah I think that how great is that that you know, to see this growth in you, you know, doing this job in, you know, I think maybe sometimes like we don't see the growth in us as much as maybe other people do too. So it just is, it's probably pretty rewarding for you, you know, when you, when you feel like that, oh yeah, like I'm doing all this stuff that years before I would never, you know, you couldn't have seen yourself doing. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, one of the the things that I hope is that I can maybe help do that for somebody else too. And that's one of the reasons why I love working with some of our new volunteers so much too, is is help them realize those impacts and the connections that they can make. Well, I could imagine that you probably are. And do you want to share maybe some of the more stressful parts about your job? Yeah, you know, there's always some stress to just working with as many people as I do. I wouldn't say that it's the, the people themselves, but just there is a lot of there's a lot of impact on us too as as an interpreter you know we we strive for these connections and and we want to make those connections with every single person that we talk to and that doesn't always necessarily happen so i i try to remember to have some some forgiveness and some grace with myself when it's maybe sometimes those connections don't happen and making sure that i have that support for the volunteers too, and making sure that they know that they are supported, that we have their back. I would say that's the biggest concern of my job. Okay. And how about the most memorable part of your job so far? Hmm. That's a really tough one. How do I choose? Here, well, here's another moment that was kind of kind of early on in my career. And it was one that that I think about quite often. I was out on the back deck of the aquarium and it was a just a lovely fall day and i i'm a pretty avid birder and so i was watching all the birds and and uh this was before i was a a decent 
birder, so I didn't really know a whole lot about what I was was looking at. But I saw an unusual thing going on with the birds. So there was a, a bird that was chasing some other birds and stealing the food that they had just caught. And I'm going, wow, what the heck is this? This is so cool. I have no idea what I'm looking at. And I just happened to find another birder and I was describing the situation to him. And he said, oh, well, that was uh, probably a parasitic Jaeger that was stealing the food from other birds. And he said it just so nonchalantly. And I thought, okay, well, that must be a pretty common thing. But I didn't really know enough about the birds in the area yet to, to know if that was common or not. And so I passed it along to someone else who was actually my, my uh, mentor at the time here on staff. And he just, he got so excited and it turned out to be a pretty rare sighting from, from the deck of the aquarium. And that really kind of got me started on my birding journey, but also on just being able to share these stories about things that are happening right outside our door. And one of the, the things that my mentor said to me pretty soon after that, while we were talking about this experience was that you don't have to go to new places to see new things. You just have to learn to look with new eyes. Hmm. And that has really, really stuck with me. And I think about that all the time. And that's something, just a mindset that I, I try to, to keep with me. And kind of later on, I think it was that same day, um, but just after hearing that, I encountered someone else who was a birder, who was a guest at the aquarium, and he was someone visiting from the East Coast, and so hadn't really seen a whole lot of our California birds. So he was looking for just any bird that we could see from the aquarium. And so with this, this kind of new mindset that I had, we were, I was able to pick out three new life birds for him. And he had been birding for many, many years, but just right there on the deck of the aquarium, we picked out three new birds that he had never seen before in his life. And they were birds that were very typical for us around here. And had I not had that kind of mindset shift, I might never have pointed out these birds to this person. He was just so excited to have these these new birds that he had never seen before. And that really helped to cement that that mindset for me. Oh, that's so cool. And and that's great that, you know, to have a mentor like that. I mean, how special is that? And to have someone say something to you like in a particular time can just totally change the way that you that you think or see your perspective shift. And and then by that, you're able to share this with someone else and you know, like, and who knows, like they very well, like might pass that on to someone else and just keep that, that stoke or whatever you want to call it alive and, and living, you know, and that excitement. And I think that that's really cool. That was, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And Aaron, what advice or resources can you give to students who are interested in pursuing a career as something that you do as an interpreter or a volunteer supervisor at a place like the Monterey Bay Aquarium? I think for both of those career paths, which in my case just happened to intersect, but for either going into the field of interpretation, becoming a volunteer supervisor, or working with volunteers, the, one of the most important things to, to do is, is to volunteer. If you want to go into interpretation, it's a really great way to figure out what kind of interpretation you want to do, what kinds of uh, facilities or historical sites or whatever that you, that you might want to be at. 
it's a really great way to to gain that experience and if you want to work with volunteers being a volunteer i think is an absolutely vital perspective that you need to have in order to to work with volunteers so you know find a place that you love and see if you can become a volunteer there and see what it's like and how about what advice could you give to someone who is unsure about their career path i would say talk to people in fields that you might want to to go into see what their experience is like and kind of figure out how a field can look different at various places especially for something like the field of interpretation if you're at a historic site that's going to look very different from interpreting at an aquarium for example so kind of take a look at at different places and in my experience the best thing that I ever did was to try something new that I didn't even know that I would want to do. It was just a, a completely new experience for me. So I think probably the the best advice that I could give would be just to, to try new things. Give it a try. If you end up not liking it, that's okay. Try something else. And if you end up falling into a niche and didn't know you would end up there, that is fantastic. That's really solid advice, Erin. Thank you very much for sharing that. Erin, um, I just wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and, and learning from you and you know hearing your enthusiasm about what you do with the aquarium. I just think it's such a great, it's a very meaningful job that you do and you're helping so many people and inspiring people. And, and it's been an honor speaking with you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Patrick. It's been an honor to be here. Thank you for letting me share my story and, and share the really the, the passion of the volunteers that I get to work with. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. And, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story with me, Patrick Hart, on our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Aaron Hubach, who's an interpreter and volunteer supervisor at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, please send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM, KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays and streaming online at ksqd.org. Or you can find us on major podcast streaming platforms like Spotify. Thank you very much and see you next time.